702 presents the Locked and Down podcast with Cindy Paluta in association with the South African Depression and Anxiety Group because help is at hand. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening from me, Cindy Paluta, wherever you might be in the world listening to this Locked and Down podcast right now. It's been quite a while since we've done a Locked and Down podcast and I thought now would be a good time to start the series again. Why? Because initially we were all supposed to be in this lockdown for only 21 days and now we've tripled those days. And in that time, so many different feelings and emotions and rules and regulations have changed. A big one for me, though, is the return to school. And of course, this is close to my heart because I have two children in primary school. First, let me start by saying there is no right or wrong decision here. If you want to send your child back to school or not, that decision is yours. You are a parent and that lies with you and what's best for you and your family's mental, emotional and physical well-being. The thing we have to keep reminding ourselves through all of this is that no one, not one single person on this planet has lived through COVID-19 before. So nobody has all the right answers. But the reality is the majority of children in South Africa will be returning to school for the first time since March. And it's going to be a very different space. So on today's podcast, I'm joined by educational psychologist Viviana Schwendinger. Good morning, Viv, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for having me. This is quite a privilege and honor to be able to chat about our little ones. Well, let's jump right in about these little ones. It's definitely a unique time that we are parenting in at the moment. And we do seem to forget that they are little. So how should we be leading them into that first week of going back to school? It's still baffling my mind that our children are actually returning to school. So it is so important for us to start holding our little ones in mind. We're going to be thinking of a lot of things. We're going to be thinking about how to manage the physical distancing as well as the emotional needs of a little one. And there's quite a tension, in fact, between those two. So it is going to require a lot of thoughtfulness, a lot of holding our little ones in mind. We are going to expect big behaviors, and which we can get into a little later on. So it is important that when thinking about them going back to school, I like the term leading them back to school because it holds a lot of connotations towards guidance, towards connection with their parents and connection with their teachers. So leading them back to school is really about being their their compass points, caring for them in unexpected ways, providing them more than what they seek at this moment and listening with attention. We want to think about them going back to an environment where they're going to be cared for. So our biggest task is helping to strengthen their connection with their teacher. So reminding them that their teachers that have missed them so much can be trusted and they can be trusted to lean on. There's going to be lots of logistical questions around how things are going to work and we're not going to be able to answer them all right now and in terms of individual schooling systems. But what we can do is keep reminding our little ones that the teachers will have the answers and their teachers will be able to help them through it as they need to know the answers. It's very hard for us as adults. We forget that we actually have to monitor our own emotion so that we don't rub off on them and our anxiety in the build up to, to school because they're going back to a very different type of school. They won't be able to do half the things that they could do before. We almost need to remind them that maybe in a year from now, it'll all be back to normal. Absolutely. And I think that is so important, holding that positive attitude. And it's, it's oftentimes in times of crisis that 
this calm voice needs to come in. The sense of, this is how we're going to do things. Uh, we see it when we get them to practice fire drills, when we lead them through something difficult. We need to have that positive kind of attitude. And so even though we as parents might have grievances with the school or we might have worries, I think it's important that we isolate those conversations between the school, the teachers and, and the adults so that they're not part of that. They don't pick up on that, even though they are very intuitive. So having that sense of the teachers will be there to protect you. Because ultimately, and I think the basic premise for me sort of putting this forward in terms of leading them back to school is that children feel safe in connection with parents and with adults and with the caring teachers in their environment. So teachers are there to help them feel safe. And that's ultimately what we want to enforce. What type of emotions should we be expecting from our children? Because okay. I don't want to say normal emotion, because as soon as you say, what normal emotions? What, on, what would be a normal reaction right now? Because every child is unique and this is an abnormal situation. It is so abnormal. And I think if we had the research to back this up of what has been done in other pandemics, it would be wonderful, but we don't have that research. So what we can <laughs> do is call on how do children react in traumatic situations? What is post-traumatic stress for them? What is distress for them? What we can expect is that they're going to be big behaviors. And I think if we expect that, then there's almost that sense of, even if they do adapt and they are resilient, in the face of this and they do come up feeling okay we have prepared we've prepared for what those big emotions could entail um so they might they might regress they might be acting out there in fact might be some awkwardness especially maybe in the older grades maybe some real nervous giggling you know when they're all wearing their masks but if we're going to look a little bit deeper into post-traumatic stress behaviors then we've got to be very aware that regressions are going to be quite evident. So depending on what age group your little one will fall into, will they regress to bedwetting or to meltdowns and tantrums? I think meltdowns and tantrums is definitely one that we've seen quite prominently. Separation anxiety, that might be really a big one and quite a big one to manage, especially because separation anxiety is so entrenched in physical and emotional connection. And when we're doing physical distancing, this is something that we're going to have to be very thoughtful about how we're going to manage it. You know, it's such a tough one. And I've heard one or two kids, you know, say, what if I've got the coronavirus and I don't know I've got it? And then I give it to my granny or my grandpa or somebody at home and then they die from coronavirus because of me. And it's so sad to think that these little ones have to think this way in these times. It's such a big burden for them to carry on their shoulders and so much that leaves them feeling so helpless in fact, so out of control because that is something that we can't actually promise them, can we? We can't actually say to them that everything is going to be okay, that no one is going to get coronavirus because that would just be almost unfair to lie to them. We can't know what the future is going to hold for them, but what we can do is just keep reminding them that we are going to take care of them and they can count on us to help them navigate this very difficult frustration or fear or whatever it is that they could be experiencing around that. 
And we seem to almost have forgotten just how resilient and how strong children are. You know, we, we often, because they are so little, we want to baby them and wrap them in cotton wool. But sometimes they actually teach us about bravery and kindness and about just going through with what's presented in front of you. Aren't they just remarkable? Um, children really have this wonderful sense of um, adapting. They do, as long as they feel safe. And if we can provide that safety for them and the connection, they are going to come through this. When I say safety, I'm not saying that we've got to take this away. We can't. We can't take this away. We can't, like you said, unwrap them in bubble wrap. It's, it's not possible. They actually have to go through this and they need to. This is where we're going to build their resiliency. And so this generation of children, you're right, they're going to be built with something more, the sense of adaptability, the sense of courage, bravery, this ability to be kind and be thoughtful of others and their emotions because this is really what this pandemic is teaching us. So I think we need to hold on to their resiliency. Are they going to struggle? Yes. Are they going to come through this? Absolutely. And I think that's what we need to hold on to. Children are adaptable. Children are resilient. We just need to be there to guide them through it and to lead them through it in the connection and in the love that we can we can harness for them. We can't wrap them in bubble wrap, but my daughter said, why don't we just wear those round bubble balls like they wear in that soccer, you know, <laughs> that, that bubble soccer, and then we could all just go back to school in those. And I was picturing them all trying to sit at their desks in these big bubble balls and the poor teacher trying to navigate that. But anyway. But th- can you just imagine? Can but I think that's wonderful. Isn't that such a creative idea that she's come up with? And, and I think that's also something that I really want to touch on is in their adaptability and in their resiliency, they're going to wonderful tool at their disposal and that is play and creativity and through that they can process and express so much and so I would even encourage her to build this bubble or to draw this bubble or <laughs> let's, let's imagine this bubble in, in a fun and playful way because I think they can process so much of what they're feeling and if we can also be attentive and thoughtful about their play and their creativity we've got a wonderful a sort of entry point into what they're processing and what they're feeling. Now, we've obviously, we've spoken on the majority of this podcast now about the children going back to school, but there will be some children who won't be going back to school, A, because maybe they have a health condition or somebody in their family has a health condition and they don't want to put their family in jeopardy, but B, maybe they're 100% fine, but their parents are too scared to let them go back to school. What can we expect from those children? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and, and that's a really tough one, the sense of missing out this, and all the emotions that have come wrapped up in lockdown really that don't seem to be sort of dissipating for them and it might feel a little bit more entrenched for them. So I think the kiddies that do have health concerns, I think there's a lot more processing going on in terms of um, physical health, physical well-being and the nature of anxiety that has perhaps always been prevalent within, within their their upbringing because I think those health conditions always bring an element of fear and anxiety. So I think managing those fears and anxiety will definitely be at the forefront. For children that are going to be feeling like maybe they'll be feeling a bit angry that they're not returning um, and maybe they will act out with their parents. Maybe the frustration of the online learning programs will come to a fore and that's what we've got to really prepare ourselves for. Again, it's not to be pessimistic about it. Our children might actually be okay, but maybe they won't be. And if they're not, it's just if we can have that awareness of what it's about, then we can really dig deep to the core of this and and really focus our attention on the underlying sort of causes rather than 
feeling frustrated back with them, which is a very normal reaction to have as parents. But as soon as we have that emotional awareness for ourselves, for them, I think we already know how to start managing it a lot better. The thoughtfulness is all we really need as parents to be able to act in ways, you know, that are beneficial for them. In terms of anxiety that parents are holding on to, I think as much as we want to keep them away from it, they are going to be perceptive to it. And it becomes a way of being in our household. So I do want to encourage those parents that are having this really tough time in terms of deciding to send them back or not. The anxiety that they've decided to send them back, the anxiety that they've decided to keep them home, that's going to be prominent. And I do really want to emphasize that self-care, not being so hard on yourselves, is so important. As much as we as we need our kids to connect to us, we need to connect to others too. So share your experiences. Be open about your experiences. Don't feel that your experiences will be judged. You know, we really need to be quite open because I can assure you there are lots of parents going through very similar emotions. Well, thank you so much for your time, Viv. And of course, you know, when the kids do go, when the kids do go back to school, I'm sure the school will have, you know, psychologists and people or life orientation teachers on hand to help them. But if people want to contact you personally, can they and how can they contact you? Absolutely. Thank you, Cindy. So our biggest role is being to support the teachers to prepare the children. So that has been happening a lot. But yes, if it is just too much and it's just got that real sort of flavor that this is too overwhelming. I do practice from the Children's Therapy Center in Peterville, so you are more than welcome to contact them directly through email or through their landline, as well as I do run private practice as well in Fairlands. So if you know, I geographically need any of those areas for you. I'm more than happy to assist in which way possible. Thank you so much, Viv, for your time again. If you are listening to this podcast right now, and it does all seem to be too much, remember the South African Depression and Anxiety Group is only a phone call away. You can call them on 0800 456 789, 24 hours a day they are there. They have a team of counselors on hand to help you through all of this. From me, Cindy Paluta, thank you again for listening. Be kind to yourself, be kind to your children, and stay safe. Help is at hand during this lockdown. Call SADAG between 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on 0800 567 789 or visit sadag.org before it's too late. For more episodes of the Locked and Down podcast, visit lifepodcasts.fm.